Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Journey to Grateful podcast, a podcast focused on helping us understand the process of loss and grief with the help of those who are living it. I'm your host, Tim Begonia, and this is show number 76. Through this show, you and I will examine the details we've discovered during our own grief journey. We will share our experiences through the podcast, the blog, and on social media while building a community that desires a more open understanding of what grief is and how it affects us all and how best to navigate its difficult path. Now, be sure to join the community, subscribe to the podcast, and find quick links to do both over at my website, journeytograteful.com. And if you like what you hear in the show, please share an episode and the podcast with someone you know who could benefit a community that understands the path they are currently on. Now, today, I would like to talk about being defined by your grief. More importantly, how to avoid allowing your grief to define you externally as well as internally. My belief is when we are on our journey with grief, living with grief, we have a choice to either let our grief encompass us or choose to walk with grief in a more positive manner. So let's begin the discussion. Let's detail five ways to avoid being defined by our grief. Let's begin this episode with a hard truth. At some point in our grief journey, there will come a time when we risk being defined by our grief or, in turn, by our strength. Which of these you become associated with going forward is completely in your control. Now, I believe the obvious first question is this. How can we control not being defined by our grief? Now, in my opinion and through my experience, I've discovered five inner thoughts which have helped to guide me through my grief, allowing me to fully grieve and move forward at the same time. As I've mentioned numerous times before, everyone's grief is different. Although we have similar experiences, similar feelings, struggles, and hills to climb, as individually different as we all are as people, so too is our grief journey. So keep in mind, these five ways to avoid being defined by your grief should be viewed as stepping stones along your path. These are suggestions which you may need to alter to fit you and your experience. But overall, this is a solid foundation of a thought process which can help to ease the burden of grief and redefine your newly altered life. It can allow you to realize the many possibilities for your life going forward, guiding you in such a way as to change how your life today is defined and externally expressed with the idea that it will seep into your internal life as well. And let's face it, after loss, you, yourself, are your own worst enemy when it comes to inner thoughts and beliefs. You are hardest on yourself when it comes to providing grace to yourself. You are the harshest critic when it comes to how you believe you are handling the worst moments of your life. And you yourself frequently set unrealistic goals in which to measure up often sooner than you are able because you may believe you're just not healing fast enough. And remember, I've been there. Sometimes 
I'm still there. I get it. I understand. And I've been given a gift, a wonderful gift, of many friends full of support, honesty, and guidance who have helped me realize that I need to be better to myself. And you know what? I don't want to be defined by my grief. I want to. No, no, I actually, if I think about it, I need to be defined by my strength. For myself first, but then for my children. And finally, for my late wife, Colleen. So once again, I ask, what steps do we need to take to make certain we are not defined by our grief? So let me list them here and detail my thoughts a little later. Number one. Never giving in. Now that's much different than giving up, but that's valid as well. Number two, constantly checking your mindset. Sort of reset yourself if and when you need to. Number three, being honest with your grief. Now this is talking about finding a way to allow yourself to feel it, be with it, and don't hide from it. Number four, ask yourself, What would your person wish for you? Think of it this way. How would my wife, my mother, friend, or family member want me to move forward after their loss? And lastly, number five, work at it daily. Nothing happens overnight, and grief is not easy ever. It takes time. So let's examine them in detail. First, number one, never giving in. As I said before, this is different from never giving up. It's similar, but giving up is a bit more final, where giving in is more active or possibly inactive. The thought here is to not sit by allowing your grief to overcome you. It's the idea that you will not sit back and let it encompass you without a fight. You should not and will not give in to it, but you will find ways to face it to live with it, and to control it when possible. I've experienced more tears over the past three years than throughout my entire life on this earth. Sometimes the tears and the pain accompanying those tears have brought me quite literally to my knees. I feel we need those moments. Those moments are important. Those times of cleansing and and deep feeling, they have a purpose. But I've also been intentional about those feelings of devastation, not allowing it to control me, but allowing it in when I feel I need it. Never giving in to it constantly, but rather allowing it in occasionally. It then becomes therapeutic and not overwhelming. It's not to say I push my feelings away, but I choose instead when to allow them to fully encompass me, when I choose to fully feel the devastation. It's me maintaining the reality of it all, but not allowing that reality to take over. Now, secondly, constantly checking your mindset. Now, let me say right now, I realize that mindset may sound like a term of the year lately, but there's a lot of good that can come from realizing how important your mindset can be and that you need to have the ability to control it. The definition of mindset is literally an established set of attitudes or the outlook, philosophy, or values of a person, frame of mind, attitude, or disposition. 
So your mindset of grief can be affected not only by your experiences, but moreover, established beliefs brought on by society or others. To truly reset your mindset, to adjust your frame of mind, and to establish a more realistic philosophy of grief, you must allow yourself to toss aside what society has taught you. Those toxic beliefs that grief has an end, for example, or you should get over it faster. So you need to constantly check your mindset and make certain your frame of mind is set in the reality of grief, not the outdated beliefs of grief. In a way, you need to trust yourself, what you're feeling and what you're experiencing, And when it doesn't align with what you've been taught through society's common soundbite of beliefs, you might want to toss those beliefs aside for what you are actually experiencing yourself. Trust yourself, trust your experience, and adjust your mindset. And number three, being honest with your grief. Now, this one coincides with the previous mindset discussion because it's based on believing in yourself and your experience, but it also speaks to being honest with that experience. Understand what you're feeling while allowing yourself to actually feel. Being dishonest with your grief might show up as ignoring it or pushing it away or burying it deep inside. And truthfully, it shows up as not facing your grief head-on. Being honest with your grief is facing your grief, which is not easy in any way. But the alternative, once it boils to the surface after being pushed down for so long, that will result in the same pain, the same despair, anger, but all at once. It's like covering up a small leak. When it's small, It can be easily handled, but once that leak has time to gather and build, it becomes unmanageable and the damage is much more severe. So being honest with your grief on a daily basis allows you to manage it better, more effectively, and in turn, manage your sadness, your anxiety, the anger, and so much more. Now the fourth way to Avoid being defined by your grief is quite important because it can and will provide you grace. Ask yourself, what would your person wish for you? I'm constantly thinking how my wife, Colleen, would want me to walk this path. But my story is unique because she was able to provide me a few guideposts before she passed. As you might recall, Colleen lost her first husband suddenly in 1999 while they had a nine-month-old daughter. As her and I began our relationship, we had many moments to discuss how she walked her path with grief, how she made it through, and what she did to get by. Most every aspect of her grief journey touched upon her support system and upon her strength to move forward. When asked the all-encompassing question, how did you do it? Her answer was direct and to the point. I had to. I had no choice. Speaking to the fact that she had a nine-month-old daughter to raise, and thus she had to be strong for her. But her strength was not a singular entity as it was made stable 
by the support that surrounded her. Her family and friends, community, and even professionals all contributed to that strength. She was constantly lifted up with help, support at her side, and encouragement from others. And that's not to say she wasn't strong or an independent woman. She was one of the strongest I've ever known. But here's the thing. Strength is not a single strand of support and fortitude, but instead the many strands of support and others' strength braided together to create something quite remarkable. What Colleen would want for me is that kind of strength. The kind that is created by simple hugs, grand gestures of support, friendships and family, community, and possibilities. The possibilities of what is ahead for my life, for our life as a family. She would want us to walk the path with confidence. In fact, I believe she would hope we could occasionally dance once again as well. She would not want grief to define all the rest of our days but instead for it to be braided within our lives to provide us the strength of appreciation, the love of all that we've had, and the amazement of what is yet to come. She would want us, above all else, to live as she did. So what would your person wish for you? And finally, number five, work at it daily. In essence, to always strive for more, for better, for a life, for appreciation of what we have had, to work towards something, whatever that is, to allow ourselves to live once again while holding our grief at our side as we might memories of our childhood, learning from it, reflecting on it, growing through it, becoming more despite of it, and working at our life daily so that our grief does not define or actually become our life. Instead, so that our life grows around our grief, holding it safely within it, a part of us always, but the definition of who we are moving forward. So to that end, to that hopeful result of this journey we are on, I hope for you, my friend listening today, that you find a way to reach you're grateful. It isn't just the name of this podcast. It is a hope. It is a wish for us all to finally somehow experience the grateful throughout this journey, through what we have experienced before and for what we are about to live through next. I will always be proud of the life Colleen and I had a chance to experience through our years together. And for that, I will always be grateful. But this journey also must find reason to be grateful. For me, the first and foremost things I am grateful for are my children, who they have become, how they have walked their own path, and the lives they are building for themselves with influence from their mother. I see it each and every day, and yes, to be cliche, she would be so proud. I am so grateful for my support system, my family and friends who have and always support me. Us all, actually. Support is so very instrumental in this entire journey, yesterday, today, and for all the tomorrows that will come. Because of this fact, I've created the Journey Through Grateful Coaching resource. 
It's an experience-based grief coaching resource in which you can engage with either a small group or engage one-on-one with me. It is an easy-to-use online resource which provides access to grief support 24-7. Yes, anytime, any day, any moment you need it. It's like a bereavement group. It allows you to access support through others' experiences, but you don't have to wait until next month's bereavement group meets. You can reach out right now, right when you need it. It's literally a bereavement group in your pocket. You can learn more over at journeytograteful.com or you can go directly to the new website, journeythroughgriefcoaching.com. I ask that you consider it for yourself, for your tomorrows, and if you know someone who could benefit from a resource such as this, let them know. Share with them your experiences and share with them this important resource. Be their support and be the hand that they hold when they need it the most. Thank you again for joining me on the Journey to Grateful podcast. I am very thankful for you being here each week. Please stop by the community and let your voice be heard. Share your story or ask any question you might have. I am glad to help if I can. You can go over to journeytograteful.com slash community to access our social media channels, request to become a guest on the podcast if you'd like, or contribute to the blog with your very own story. While you're on the site, sign up for my bi-monthly newsletter designed to provide you inspiration and motivation. And also, I invite you to connect directly with me via email. I'm at tim at journeytograteful.com. And more importantly, if you'd like, give me a call, leave me a voicemail, or simply text anything to 262-298-2428. That's 262 298 chat. And lastly, I ask that if you like the show, please share the podcast with a friend and take a couple of minutes to rate and review the show. I really would appreciate that because not only is it good for me to hear your thoughts on the show, but it also goes a very long way with Apple Podcasts to deliver this podcast to the proper people who could possibly use a resource such as this. So you can go over to journeytograteful.com and choose the leave a review button on the homepage or over at the podcast page. Now, as I close out this episode, I'd like to leave you with a poignant reminder of the balance we all face with support and our own strength. This was contributed by Rumi, who says, It's your road and yours alone. Others may walk it with you, but no one can walk it for you. So my takeaway is this. Your support system, those people who you will find at your side during your grief journey, they will be there to walk with you at your side holding your hand. However, they cannot take the steps for you. Only you can walk each step upon this path yourself. Which is to say, it will be difficult. That is unavoidable. But those people who will choose to walk with you in whatever capacity, They will help to hold you up as your legs begin to fail, making certain you continue on your journey. 
So thank you once again, my friends, for joining me today. Let me know your thoughts on today's episode or any previous episodes. And please don't forget, for those who are walking on their path with grief, I hope you find a way to walk confidently on your journey to grateful. Bye-bye.